Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, an online marketing educator, leader of an incredible global community of female entrepreneurs and a content creator based in Melbourne, Australia. This show is designed to bring you practical strategies and candid real stories of entrepreneurs to help you make marketing, mindset and money your superpowers. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for you to meet my friend and total inspiration, Cass Della, in today's episode. Cass is a watercolor and hand lettering artist, designer, mother, and business owner of Cass Della Design. Her work has been featured in magazines such as Real Living Magazine and Home Beautiful, and she's worked with so many incredible brands, including Provincial Home Living and Pillow Talk, just to name a couple. I met Cass a few years ago at a business retreat that was organized by a beautiful mutual friend of ours and I really fell in love with her beautiful, grounded, kind, positive, shiny energy and I've loved seeing Cass innovate, experiment and continue to develop her business over these past few years, launching the Castella Print Collection where she offers one-off prints that brands can head onto her website and buy and use straight away also creating the most incredible large-scale murals and continuing to show up and share her designs and snippets of her life. When Cass and I spoke about doing this episode, I asked if she might be comfortable talking about the money side of things. She agreed and she shared with me how she actually really cares about challenging the starving artist mentality and instead show that you can be a creative business owner, you can be an artist with kids, working part-time hours and have a happy, healthy life and also earn well too. In this episode, we discuss how Cass has become a six-figure artist, how she works out pricing, scaling up and scaling down her business around her life, what marketing has worked best for her, her experiences with hiring and so much more. Also, this episode comes out just before Cass launches her very first art collection. So head over to Cass Della Design on Instagram and that's spelled C-A-S-S-D-E-L-L-E-R Design and show Cass some love and check out her beautiful designs. Now, let's get into the show. Well, Cass, like I said, you've been on my list for a while, so I'm very, very excited we've been able to schedule this in. So first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Emily. I'm so excited to chat to you today. We, yeah, we've been wanting to chat for a while, hey? So it's, yeah, I'm really glad to be here and have a catch up chat and everything with you. Absolutely. So like, you know, I like to start off just by getting a bit of a feel for the guests and asking what you, if you are reading anything or listening to anything or watching right now, is there anything on your current list? Reading wise, it's um, children's books, Spider-Man, um, that sort of thing at the moment. Um, I don't really get much time to read. Um, I have two little ones, but I'm a huge podcast listener. Um, I don't really listen to business podcasts anymore i used to in the early days but it was yeah probably just been information overload so i'm very much into my spiritual podcast i listen to a podcast called expanded with lacey phillips um she has a course called to be magnetic and uh yeah i'm, I'm part of that course and yeah she just has a really beautiful podcast another one um called the line with ashley wood it's another um very 
spiritual type podcast. I've got yours in there, Em, The Lively Show, and I also listen to Melissa Ambrosini's podcast as well. So they're the podcasts I, I sort of go to um, just when I'm walking or whatever. And yeah, we don't really watch much, to be honest. Like we don't have Netflix or anything, um, don't watch much TV, but yeah, just find a movie on Apple TV every now and then. Thank you. I've got a few new ones to listen to there. I'm excited. <laughs> so Cass, for those that don't know you, I'd love you to like explain who are you and what do you do? I have a business called Castella Design. I am basically a graphic designer and illustrator and I my business has evolved over the last six years. So I started out in wedding stationery and logo and branding design, but that's evolved now through to, I still do logos, but um, my main sort of focus is textile and surface design with my watercolor illustration. So so that's what I do. I'm based on the Sunshine Coast and my clients are Australia-wide, so I'm international. And yeah, that, that's the business that I've grown to today. So. And what about outside of work? I have a almost five-year-old and my little girl turns one tomorrow. My husband has a uh, his own business called First Batch Coffee Roasters here in Noosa. We're both business owners. Business and family life are our two. That's what our world revolves around, I guess. So yeah, my my mum and dad are up here. Brent's mum and dad are up here. So it's you know we have a lot of family time up here as well. And yeah, so that's pretty much us in a nutshell. So Cass, you've mentioned briefly like you started out in the wedding stationery design. Like, were you working in another job then? So just sort of like stepping back a little bit. So once I finished school, I like I was always creative. I was always artistic, but I didn't think that I could really pursue art as a career. I think we sort of came from that era that art really wasn't a responsible career choice, I suppose. So I I did interior design um, after I finished school just because I knew I wanted to do something creative but wanted to have a career in something in the creative industry. So I I did that and specialised in retail design and went and worked for Westfield Shopping Centres for quite a few years in Brisbane. That's where we're from. And then it just became sort of too corporate. And I had about 28, 29, I was like, this is not my path. Like this is not creative enough. I just know that I'm I'm meant to be doing something different. So I always gravitated towards graphic design elements. And so I started studying graphic design at Chillington College in Brisbane and I was engaged at the time. So my husband and I were engaged. I was studying graphic design and as the stars align, my teacher um, at the time who who taught me graphic design was the owner of a stationery company called Bespoke Letterpress and she saw a lot of potential in me and she she saw that I could hand letter and that I could illustrate and that I could also and I picked up graphic design really easily so and then I loved I loved weddings I was immersed in this wedding world we were planning our wedding yeah and so at the end, I was like, I just knew, I was like, I, I know that I'm going to do weddings. I know that I want to want to do weddings. I know I want to pursue that. But I was, like a lot of creatives, I was really, really nervous to become a freelancer. I was so used to a secure job and I was used to getting that pay packet every month. And I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to go out on my own and go from 100% corporate, like, secure job to, okay, now I'm on my own and I I have to do all this myself. But it just so happened that at the end, my teacher saw how passionate I was about weddings. And 
I, I think I finished my course in December and by January or February the following year, she offered me a job in, in designing her or her wedding stationery, so all her letterpress wedding stationery. And I was like, yes, so this is my in, like this is my chance to work part-time, have something secure. Cause I'm always like, I'm a risk taker. My, my mom and dad were entrepreneurs and in hospitality. So I'm, I'm used to being surrounded by that risk-taking element, but I feel like I'm never ready to jump in fully. So I'm like, okay, if I, if I've got this, if I've got this, like, you know, 15 hours a week work, that's okay. Like, cause we had, we bought a house by then. So I had a mortgage and I was like, okay, that's, that's enough. I can, I can work with that because the rest of the time I can build my freelance business. So it took me 18 months to build my wedding stationery business up enough that I could let go of the bespoke letterpress work. So that was sort of that transition. And then that transition is a theme that I've taken through my whole business. So the transition then happened a few years after that when I was doing weddings, wedding, 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 weddings, and my whole world was weddings. But then I'd been through my wedding. I I was sort of, I was out the other side and I was like, oh, I don't really want to do weddings anymore. Like I've done so many, I've done hundreds of weddings because what happened was a swimwear company saw my illustrations on a wedding stationery and was like, oh, can we use something similar for swimwear? And then I was just like, what? Like, what is this world that I can, I can get my designs and put them on surfaces. And so I was like, okay, this is, this is where I want to go. And then I did the same again. Like I sort of like, okay, I'll hold on to weddings, but I'll dive into this new industry and I will slowly pivot it so that I let go of weddings slowly and I dive into this. And this is where I'm very on top of my numbers of knowing what percentages come in, like what brings the money in. So I knew where I could pivot and what I had to hold on to for a little while. So Cass, right at the start when you started getting wedding clients, how did you do that? A lot of my friends were getting married. So, you know, I was 30. A lot of my friends were sort of around the similar age. So I started designing for friends. Um, and really, it was honestly social media was 99% of where my clients came from. Like, what year was that? That was 2000 and. 12, 13, maybe. So like early days of Instagram, uh, like algorithms were a lot different then and things were shown to you when they were posted and um, it was a lot easier to get traction, I suppose. And you know, when you have a smaller amount of number of followers, more of your stuff's actually seen. So yeah, it was honestly Instagram. And then actually I joined an online wedding like registry type thing called The Lane. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but yeah, they sort of produce a lot of content for wedding inspiration. And I was on their directory and I went into my analytics one day on on my website and it turned out that um, 40% of my website traffic was coming from that one source. So a lot of my wedding clients came through there as well. And yeah, so but Instagram, yeah, I have to credit Instagram to a lot of that early success for sure. Let's tap into that a little bit. Did you have, what was your approach then? And what is your approach now on Instagram? Has that had to change over the years? Uh, honestly, it's it's similar. Like I've, I've always had a focus on the illustration side of my Instagram. And I, I wanted to show that handcrafted touch because 
that is the point of difference of my brand at the end of the day no matter what i do whether it was wedding stationery i don't do that anymore but um or textile design or logo design the point of difference with me is that everything is hand done first so that was a big focus when i posted on instagram but honestly back then i would just post like my illustrations and what i loved and i could see that people loved seeing me painting and maybe little videos like um, Insta stories wasn't a thing back then but you know people just loved to see what I could do as far as the painting element and so I would just try and show more of that and I had no real plan as far as like how often I would post or when I would post or how consistent I was I would just post when I could like it was very in real time like it was very much I would do a painting and post it or do a painting post it I mean the good thing with weddings back then too is you're involved with a lot of style shoots so when you're involved with style shoots you get beautiful photography and that was a big part of I mean obviously being a creative I'm I love the aesthetics and so having a beautiful Instagram and and beautiful photos and and really quality photos was really important to me because I I needed to get across like that my product was high end you know so I I needed to have that that those quality photos yeah and your feed is just like I just want to like live in it it's just so beautiful (laughs) thank you thank you I, I have a similar approach now like I want to show my highest work which is my my illustrations and just beautiful photography and I'm not necessarily about making my feed super consistent and like you know very bland I it's still very colorful and sporadic I guess but I want to have that real element to it like I'm not about just you know posting a beautiful feed to gain followers like I I just want to have that that authenticity about my account like it's really really important to me and you do that through your captions as well yeah I try to I try to to do it from me I going off on a tangent I did have a social media company for a little while for a few months and it really didn't work out for me just because I am a personal brand and everything I guess it was a time when I was really trying to experiment with outsourcing and that was one of the elements where I was like oh maybe I can outsource my newsletters and my social media because it's really taking up a lot of my time but after a, a few months I was like no this is really something I need to take back because all the captions and everything really needs to come from me being a personal brand. It's funny quite a few people say that. So before we started recording you said last year was probably was that your biggest year? Last year was my biggest year, so biggest financial year. And this year, because you've just been raising a little one-year-old, yeah. <laughs> soon to be one-year-old, you've consciously stepped back a little bit. But I'd love to hear what your business looks like now. So maybe in the in that 2019 year, those different offerings that you had, what those looked like. So in 2017, I launched the Castella Design Collection, which is a print library. It's a it's a free library. You don't have to be a member or anything to join. Um, you do have to be a business, but you get access to all of my um, my prints and patterns. And that's just a library of pre-designed prints and patterns that are there for brands to purchase. Some are non-exclusive, some are exclusive. But that was driven by me being so time poor and I needed to produce something that I mean a lot of work goes into those designs but I could you know wake up to you know five prints being purchased and you know I needed that sort of 
additional income. So I wanted that collection to be quite a large percentage of my income. So in 2017, I launched that. And then the financial year of 18, 19, that really took off. That collection is probably 30% of my business. The other probably 30% is custom surface pattern design. So that's where a client comes to me and would like an illustration or a pattern for their product or brand. And we come up with something together from scratch, you know, based on their inspiration and what they're looking for, um, for their brand. Um, so that's custom. And then there's logo and branding, which is, would be another 30%. So the great thing about what I do is that with the surface pattern design, it really comes hand in hand with the logo and branding, because a lot of businesses will, will come to me and be like, I love all your patterns and, you know, that sort of thing for my, my garments or my stationery or my packaging, you know, can you also help me develop a logo and branding? So I find that those two yeah, go hand in hand really nicely. So then that's probably another 30%. And then that year of 18, 19 was, um, I also had murals in there as well. So yeah, I hadn't had Isla yet. So I was still able to actually physically get off a ladder and paint, etc. I did a few pregnant. So yeah, so that added to my incomes. Yeah. So that was probably my biggest year. And then this year I yeah, have stepped back from murals, um, just because I really want to be hands-on with the kids and I, um, I've really stepped back my days to spend time with them. So I, 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 yeah, have said no to a few murals this year. Yeah. You work just 10 hours a week now. About that. Yeah. So I work Tuesdays, Wednesdays. So they're the two days that um, both of my kids are in care. So they're only five hour days. I only take them from 9.30 till three or something. And then, yeah, the other three days, um, like she only sleeps for an hour and a half. So I have like an hour to like, you know, quickly write back to emails or whatnot. So they're the only times I work. And then some weeks I'll use the nighttime to illustrate. So the days are usually my my computer time and then the nights um if I've got illustration to do I'll do those at night and yeah it just works out better that way so yeah so I've managed to to still sort of maintain and and grow my income but work less hours which has really helped incredible and can you take us through that because I'm sure at the start it you were probably working a lot more hours for a lot less <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely so um Money's a funny thing because some people might be like, oh, is that all she earns? Or like um, some people are like, oh my God, that's a lot. So yeah, but it's all dependent on everyone's own money story, obviously, and um, how they were brought up and that sort of thing. But let's see, 2015. So that was the year Edward was born and I just cracked 100,000 that year. Um, So that's in turnover, but being a, a service-based industry, um, you know, my overheads are quite low. So, and, and I didn't have any staff then either, but so I had no staff and I was working like yeah five days a week and, you know, long hours. Like before we had Edward, we would just, you know, work, 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 like, because, you know, my husband's very entrepreneurial and he would work crazy hours and, and I just would as well. So because we had children, it's almost made me such a smarter businesswoman because it's it's made me put things into place that um, I probably wouldn't have um, if I didn't have kids. Like yeah. force you to be a bit more ruthless with your time probably. Yeah, um, yeah that's, absolutely. That's something I'm looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> you become a lot, you become smarter with your time, but you also become so much faster and you also 
literally only work on the important things and the things that like are just maybe not as important or not as urgent you just realize that they don't matter and you just sort of really do focus on the those larger things or you just outsource it do you have some examples of what you've learned actually doesn't matter that maybe you used to try and do or you used to spend time on you know even now like I I know it's bad is I probably only post on social media once a week I wish I could post more but it doesn't matter like I keep stories going you know I make sure there's at least something in there daily and I was like oh I gotta post every day I gotta post every day like but in reality like we're full like I'm full of clients so I'm like like, why am I posting daily? Like, why do I need to post? Like, I don't I don't need the extra work right now. And it um, doesn't sound bad, Cass. That's what I say to my, like, clients, my students. I'm like, you realize, like, don't post every day. That's a waste of your time. You don't need to do yeah. that. But it's this whole idea, like, that people have to do that. And it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who originally came up with that that then now we all think we have to post daily? Like, I don't know about you, but I would so prefer to look at people's stories in their feed. Oh, yeah. Are you like that? Like, I'm like rather look through their stories and get like a real snapshot of what's going on rather than something on their feed that they've had to curate that's definitely one thing that hasn't mattered as much but outsourcing has been a big one so just the little things like I mean obviously I used to do everything right down to the bookkeeping now I um after I I think the first year first or second year and what were you offering in that first year or so Wedding stationery and logo design were like logo design and branding. They were the the two main things that I was offering in that 2015, which was I was only a couple of years into biz. So, um, but when I say a couple of years, that first year I was first 18 months I was working for someone else for half of the time. So 2014, 15 was really the first year that I went out on my own. But like to give you an idea, like so 2014, like I only made. 50k that year um, turned over and then in 2015 um, that doubled so that was going out on my own and um, being able to work as many hours as I could fit in as much work as I could but then what happened was I had Edward and then I was very naive at the time we didn't have a lot of friends around us that were having children so I was very naive about what it would consume in my life and so when I had him I was like oh gosh like I literally have no time like this baby takes up like 24 step 24 7 you know um so another thing to add in there as well is that this is how smart we are my husband started first batch coffee roasters the same month that Edward was born and so he was like gone like he was gone six days a week 12 hours a day so I was like okay I'm on my own. I've got this new baby. I've got a business that I'm really passionate about and I really want to grow. Like I still have that ambition. I really want to be a mom. I really want to drive my creative business. What do I do? Like, how am I going to do this? So I came up with pre-designed wedding stationery. So I was like, okay, I can't trade hours for time all the time. Like I can't just be doing custom, 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 custom. It's just like taking way too much of my time. So while Edward was young, I spent night times just developing this pre-designed wedding stationery range. And so I was like, okay, if I design this and then, you know, it's only going to take me an hour, say, to like fill in all the bride's details and, and get everything finessed. And so I, I was like, okay, this is how I'm going to have to start thinking smarter. 
so yeah, so I did that. I had pre-designed wedding stationery, I had custom wedding stationery, and I had logo design as well. And then that's when I started testing this whole outsourcing and um, hiring designers. So it was definitely a year of growth where I had to start changing my mindset. I had to, yeah, be like, okay, how do I make the most of this the little time that I have? Because I don't want my business to fail. I I'm so passionate about this business, but also I'm passionate about giving myself, like following my own dreams as well as having kids. Like I'm like, no, I'm not going to put my life on hold. I love my kids and I, I want to spend as much time with them as possible, but I'm not willing to press pause on my business until this season of my life is over. Like I, I'm like, how can I like keep these going, but still be a very hands-on mum? I think I took a... a a little step back financially like I'm it was around the same like it was about I think 95k turnover that year and then it's only just sort of bumped up from there so obviously as Edward got older like each year he would go into one more day of care and then I would have that little bit of extra time to do a little bit more and then I'd, I'd have a, a test out some freelancers I've, I've probably had about maybe eight or so freelancers over my time and some have worked out, some haven't. And when they have worked out, obviously I can, I can take on more work when they're reliable and, you know, and, and really good at what they do. Then when I sort of transitioned out of wedding stationery, I did the same thing with textile design and surface design. That's when I came up with the collection, the Castello Design Collection, because I was like, again, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm time poor. What, what can I do um, that's going to make me money and, um, and still be creative, which is really important to me. Like I'm, I'm not money driven as as such like I love money and I am very on top of my figures and that sort of thing but it it definitely doesn't drive what I do um I I'm someone who has to love 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 every element of what I do and so you know that like online courses and things like that they're very on trend now but for me like I have to love it so much you know to pursue it with Cass your online um library it's such a great way to scale like it's something that you can now sell you create once and sell multiple times over yeah I I found it a good um portfolio to show my clients because what was happening was they would sort of come to me and be like oh you know like what can we create together or 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 what you know what have you done before or that sort of thing and that that was sort of a repeating question and and it was sort of just about like listening to your clients and customers and seeing what they're asking and and what can I do to make their life easier and my life easier, but then for me to still love it and for it to make money. So I was like, how can I tick all those boxes? Um, so yeah, that's what I came up with. What does your team look like now? Do you, are you currently outsourcing? Do you have? Yeah, I, I am. Um, so I have, I do have a bookkeeper. I've had the same bookkeeper for a few years and I have two graphic designers um, who are freelancers. We're both local actually. Um, one comes into my studio one day a week and then the other one is going to start coming in on the Wednesday very soon but yeah I I had someone for probably two years who's just finished up with me earlier this year and she started her own amazing business freelance world is a funny thing like and and you would know that from working with freelancers before like people come and go and and people start their own businesses or um you know have other work or work fluctuate so managing that is not easy but the people I've found now have been really good. I've definitely learned a lot of lessons with outsourcing. Could you share a couple? Well, the big one for me is going with my gut. Like 
100% hands down. Like I've had people like through CVs and through email, like really, I guess, talk themselves up or, or talk themselves into a role and, and say that they'd be the best fit and all this sort of thing. And But the people that I have now are actually people that have randomly reached out to me and it's not even like in response to an ad. I've probably put like four or five ads out in my time, but I find that the, the people who just like randomly email me and be like, Cass, like, I love your brand. I'd love to like come do work experience for you or I'd love to come and, you know, work for you or whatever. They're the people that have actually worked out the best other than, rather than the people who have actually just responded to an ad. And yeah, I, I can only say just go with your gut because you get a gut feeling straight away from people. That's been my biggest lesson in business, probably hands down, is just like, don't fight the flow. Like just your gut would tell you if something's right or wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And you said, oh, in my first year, I only made 50 grand. But to a lot of people, that's like, what the hell? I still haven't made that. And now you're earning six figures. What would you say has been, I guess, some some reasons for that? And also, I, I, I'm, a, I'm kind of making the assumption it could have something to do with your pricing as well. And that yeah. could have changed over time. Pricing, definitely. Um, I think pricing just comes with confidence um, over time. Like in the early days when I was starting out, like, of course, I, you know, I did a few jobs for free. I was underpaid for a few jobs, but I feel like that's just all part of the learning. Um, and even though it's like never offered your services for free, but you do in the early days because you want the experience. You're trying to find your style. You're trying to find what lights you up so you know you're just gonna try a few things in the early days and this is something that a lot of creatives struggle with I think is charging for services that perhaps come naturally to them so I think I've even spoken to you about this before and but I really struggled in the early days for the first couple of years a lot of my logos were my hand lettering and I would write something out like quite easily and be like how can I charge like a couple of grand for you know this logo and branding when I just wrote it out in five minutes you know like and it was that mentality that I I struggled to get around for a while like because I didn't um value what came naturally to me and you know I'd, I'd done all this studying and I had years and years of corporate experience and you know customer service and there was all these things that added up to why my service was so valuable, but I couldn't see that. And so that took time. And I did work with a couple of coaches over the years, not on a real ongoing basis, but um, there's a couple of coaches that I had a few sessions with and and that kept coming up. Like, you're too cheap, you're too cheap, you're too cheap. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I slowly raised my prices. And then, you know, I think the, another big lesson in business too is not to assume what people might pay because you've got an assumption based on what you value and how you've been brought up and your money mindset, but you don't know what other people think. And so, you know, I remember like raising my prices, like, like, I don't know, to three grand for the logo and branding package or something. And I remember like someone was like, oh yeah, no worries. Like I'll pay that. And I was like, what? Like, really? Like, okay. And then I think as soon as like one person says, yes, you're like, 
oh, they're out there, you know, that, that's my people, you know. Um, and I'm very passionate about what you put out there is what you will attract. So if you're going to put like, I don't know, 400, 500 bucks on a logo, that's the, I guess, level of client that you will attract. So you will attract, you know, the client that maybe doesn't value your work as much. And then you'll just see this reoccurring pattern of, yeah, clients that aren't valuing your work. Maybe they're not your dream clients. They're not your dream briefs either. Your style of work isn't coming out. You're not being as creative as you want to be. I say to so many like designers and creatives, like, you know, as far as like Instagram and your website and everything, only put out there what you want to attract. So I don't care if you've only done two amazing projects, only put those on your website because it is the second you put something on your website that you don't like or is not your best work, you'll attract someone who wants that work. Like, and you're like, damn it, why am I attracting that? It's like, because you put it out there, you know? So I was um, chatting with one of my clients and she, her and her husband run a photography business and um, they started out with me a year or so ago and they were doing real estate photography and actually this is a few of my clients, same, same kind of thing, real estate photography, like branding shoots, um, weddings, and then beautiful like family and baby shots. And they're like, yeah, like we really want to grow this area in this area of the business. Like let's say it was the baby shots, like the newborn shots. I'm like, stop posting any of the real estate shots or the wedding shots or the branding shots you don't have to post them you can still do that work don't share it you know we're talking about the posting once a day thing I think like people feel pressure to find something to post so they're like oh I'll just post like this job that I did but it's like well you're better off not posting anything and then waiting for the, the job that you really loved and, and posting about that. It was the same when I was transi- transitioning out of weddings. I was still doing weddings for like probably 12 months, but no one would have known that. Like I was doing it behind the scenes. Like if I got an inquiry, fine, I would do it. But yeah, I, I didn't want to promote that because I'm like, well, that's not what that's not, not where I want the business to go. So yeah, it's definitely um, a perception. You have to train your potential clients to understand what it is that you do and what it is that you want to do and then yeah that comes back to price as well and I think yeah it's sort of that mindset that you know like if you were charging $500 for a logo versus two grand for a logo you only need one client for that two grand as opposed to four clients for the 500 so you're better off like saying no and just you know waiting for that right client to come along because yeah, it will, it will happen. How do you, Cass, come up with prices? Because it's like in that kind of field and with the textile design and the, and the murals, like how do you, I guess, come to a price to start offering things at? So they're all different. So logo and branding is priced really different to textile design and then murals is different again. So with logo and branding, all I've done personally is I've slowly increased my pricing. Logo and branding is a hard one because, I mean, there are so many graphic designers out there and they all charge so differently. I find there's not like a market rate. There's not like, oh, yeah, it's five grand for a logo across the board. It's not like that at all because some, like I know some designers who are still charging $400 for logo and branding. And then I know some agencies who are like 10 grand so like there's this huge spectrum so I really feel like you have to find a figure that a you feel comfortable with but b it also stretches you a little bit and 
So I, I'm at that, but I'll review it like every sort of six months I'll review it. And also I feel like it also depends on how many clients do you want? Like, so if you are fully booked, I sort of can't take anyone else right now, like client. So I'm fully booked. So if I've got people knocking on my door saying, can we work with you? Like, that's really a sign that I can bump my prices up a little bit, you know, because, you know, your services are in demand a little bit. And if people say, oh, no, I can't afford that, then that's okay. Like you can afford to say, oh, okay, that's all right. You can find somebody else. But perhaps maybe you're in a position where you need some more clients. So, you know, you you might drop that price just a little bit or maybe find a price that you're a little bit more comfortable with to attract a few more clients in. So it also depends, I feel like, maybe on how busy you are um, and how fully booked you are. With textile design, that's a funny one because there is market pricing. So I've done a lot of research. Um, Textile design and surf design is a funny one. It's an industry that's absolutely evolving and there's a lot of room for creatives in that industry. Um, But I've done a lot of self-learning, I suppose, in that sort of industry. And I've done a lot of research and licensing is is a is a tricky one and a funny one but so I've worked with sort of a legal team as well to sort of establish my pricing around that but for surf design there's this sort of like um price range between $750 and $1000 for surface design and textile design like something that's pre-designed so there's almost this cap around it which I found really interesting and that's that's actually a, a worldwide thing as well, I've found. But when it comes to custom, that's where your leeway is, I find, because custom, at the end of the day, it's hand done. And um, you're working with the client in a really intimate relationship. And so, you know, you can afford to bump that up a little bit. You know, that's just evolved over the last few years as well. Like I've just sort of like slowly had the confidence to to put my prices up a little bit here and there. And I've definitely noticed that on the bottom line. Um, I think last year, 2019, my turnover was just under 200K. So um, I definitely noticed that then. And murals were a part of that as well. But murals are hard to quote, I must admit, because it depends on the surface you're painting on. It depends on how detailed the painting is, if it's interior or exterior. Yeah, the intricacy of the design. It's There's so many factors. And there's it depends on the client. It so depends on the client. I mean, I worked with, with Lem Lease on uh, some murals and of course their budget is a lot bigger than, you know, a beauty salon down the road who wants um, a mural on one of their walls. So it's really um, being mindful of your customer and, you know, their budget and also what you're prepared to do. Like I'm in a position now, I'm a mum. I don't have a lot of time. If you want me to paint a mural, I'm going to quote you a lot because like it's it's a lot for me to stop my business and then for me to go and physically paint something, you know, that's a big commitment for me. So my time is so, so, so valuable. Cass, um, oh my gosh, like so, so much great advice. Thank you. I wanted to, as we work towards wrapping up, ask you, you've You've said like you really know your numbers intimately. I'd love to hear like what do you focus on? Do you set yourself financial goals? What numbers are you looking at? What's important to you? How do you approach that? I do. I have monthly goals that I set um, for myself. Absolutely. Um, because, yeah, I I find that side like exciting. I, I don't – I mean, it depends what you're working towards in your life and, and what you really want to spend your money on, doesn't it? Because 
like I found when I did have that almost 200k year like we are working towards like you know our dream home and things like that but it really made me take a step back and and think about like what do we want to spend our money on and why is money important it was I heard this great quote like money is just fuel to get you to where you want to go and I love that so much and it started to really change my mindset because I was like, well, well, what do we want to do with the money? Like I'm not like a real showy person. So I'm, I'm not about like buying all the designer clothes and all that sort of thing. Like, but it really, yeah, it really made me go, well, if my targets are increasing every month, like what is the reason? Like why, like what do we want to do with this money? And so that's been really cool to think about. And, you know, it, it allowed me to start definitely donating more. Like I could donate to the bushfires easily. My friends did a fundraiser. So like a um, GoFundMe so I could easily like, and that felt so good to be able to do things like that and, and also contribute to our family. Like I didn't say before, but when my husband um, started his business, like He didn't make any money for two years. So I was the breadwinner in those earlier days. And that's another reason why I had to sort of like think outside the box and be like, like, you know, how do we, like, there was a lot of stressful months there. Absolutely. And, and it got me thinking like money isn't everything, you know, like we've got to, it's not about that. It's, it's about, for me, it's about, do I come to work and love what I do so, so much? Do I love my clients? Do I like that is so, so important to me. Like I'm never, ever going to do something for the money. Like I know that I could make decisions. Like I know that I could do a watercolor workshop every weekend and, you know, and bring in a couple more grand a month, but I'm not willing to do that. Like I, I do enjoy them, but I don't love them enough to take time out away from my family to, to earn more money. Like it's, so my thing is like, I have monthly targets, but how do I achieve those monthly targets within the hours that I've got and, and doing the things that bring me the most joy? So it's almost like this little challenge for me. Like, yeah, so I have monthly targets for sure, which obviously like equate to quarterly targets and, and yearly targets. I'm very conscious that this year, my daughter's only in daycare two days, but next year she'll be in three days. And so I'll have more time. So my targets you know, my, my targets for 2021 have naturally sort of bumped up a little bit because I know that the second half of this financial year, I will have a little bit more time. Yeah. And ultimately we're just earning money and saving so we can have that beach house in Noosa. It's so good, Cass, but I can totally relate. And I think it, it gets to a point where you're like, hang on, like, wh- why am I wanting to make this money? And you really yeah. need to have that, I guess, that vision in place for why you're doing it. So thank you Absolutely. so much. Absolutely. Because that. I think you can really get on this, um, I made six figures, like five figures, six figures, seven figures, whatever. And that's all like great for your ego. But, you know, yeah, we, we just got to dig a little bit deeper, I think, and be like, are you in, like, are you loving life every day? Like, do you just like love your life so much? And, you know, I think that maybe that's being a mum like that and getting older. <laughs> um, I just realized that it's about, loving what you do like every day and I'm still really ambitious like I still have so many like ideas in my business but I know that I am just 
loving this time with the kids as well. I love being a mum and I just, um, I want both. And that's why we moved to Sunshine Coast as well. Like it's, you know, we just have the most beautiful lifestyle here and um, that's really more important than anything. That's so true, Cass. And that's why I said Coden. I'm like, Coden, and this isn't every day, but a lot of the days I'm like, I'm just so happy. And I think like, I'm not in a rush. Like I've got those big goals, those big ambitions, but at the same time, I'm like, it's coming. And same thing. Like I don't want to make money just, I don't know, just because I can't, it has to feel good as well. And I need to have that purpose behind it too, which might not make sense to a lot of people. I think people get there eventually. I think maybe you might be in this hustle mentality for like years and years. And, but I think there's a point where like, say you do turn over a million dollars a year, like I think there's a point where you're like, okay, now what? Now, like, it's still just money at the end of the day. Like, you might have the house and whatever, but if you're happy, then that's, um, yeah, it's so good. I feel like when, you, when you're in that mindset, um, you don't have that urgency anymore. It's so good. All right, I've got to let you go, but two final questions, Cass. First of all, <laughs> what are you working on now? What's ahead for you? I'm actually really excited. So on July the 31st, I'm actually launching my first um, art collection range. It's been a little while in the making. I've, I've never really, so I've always been quite a big service focused business, but like, I love my art. I love my painting, but I've never pursued heavily that like selling original art and prints and that side of thing. And, and that was mainly, I was a little bit more time poor, but it was also a financial decision because I was sort of like, well, you know, that's not going to make me a lot of money right now, potentially. Um, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but I'm in a position now where my business is ticking along smoothly. And I'm like, I really just, I just had this like, I don't know, inner urge to like really go back to my childhood, my Noosa holiday days and really paint from, um, this really pure place of inspiration. So I'm working on that collection at the moment and it's going to come out on the 31st of July. So I'm really excited about that. Cause I want it to be like an ongoing thing. Like every six months I come out with a new collection or something. So oh, that is so yeah. exciting. I cannot wait to yeah, see and share. I'm really, really excited. Thank you. And, um, yeah, and I'm I'm meeting with my first client to mentor in a couple of weeks as well. So that's potentially maybe an area where, um, yeah, where I might dabble in a little bit more because I just, I'm so passionate about, you know, just telling creatives that they, they can do it and they don't have to have this, you know, starving artist mentality and, you know, you can be a mom, you can make money, you can be creative and, you know, you can juggle it all. So So yeah, I'll take on my first mentoring client. That is so cool. That makes total sense. I I was literally just sitting here during this chat thinking like, I can totally see you supporting, mentoring, coaching other artists, other creatives as well. Like it just makes total sense. Yeah, I I just, some people just, I think just, I don't know, in our society, when we were growing up, like a lot of people, I think of maybe our era, we're told that maybe art is potentially not a good career choice. And that sort of stays with you as a kid. And then you, that sort of brings up a lot of things and holds you back in a lot of ways, people's confidence. And I, you can make money from those natural talents. And yeah, I just want, want people to know that. So, so yeah, so that's exciting. And otherwise I'm just, yeah, coming out with a new print collection every three months. Um, And other than that, just taking on custom clients um yeah and enjoying that process process as well so awesome Cass last question is there one thing that you can leave the listeners with one thing that you wish you knew before before this all started that would have served you well it's a sort of like a double-edged sword because if we hadn't 
sort of gone through what we went through it's like we wouldn't know what we know now you know like so it's like all a learning we all learn it for a reason look the big one for me is well I guess a couple of things like trusting your gut is like major like for me there's so many things that I was like oh this makes sense like it makes sense on paper so I'll go down this avenue or I'll try this even though like you know your gut's going no that's not the right decision for you or you're gonna hate this in the end or don't do this because it's a good financial decision. If I had have listened to my gut in the early days, like I might've avoided some mistakes along the way. And the other one is definitely outsourcing. Like you don't have to do it all yourself. Um, and even if it's just little bits and pieces, or even if it's home life, like um, even if it's getting a cleaner, you know, to help you with that side of things. Um, yeah. Or a bookkeeper, you know, just to finalize your bass at the end of every, every quarter, I think outsourcing is, I think once I really embraced that, I almost got addicted to it because I was like, oh, what else, what else can I outsource? That's exactly, <laughs> oh, that's what I say. I'm like, once you start, you're like, what else can I outsource? <laughs> what else can I do? <laughs> I know. So yeah, that's um, changed my mindset a lot because you know how you have this like whole, oh, no one can do what I can do. Like, no, like they can't do it like I can do it. And then, but it's like, no, you've got to find someone who can do it better than you can do it. And then that's when, you know, like that's when your business really grows and you're like, oh, wow. Like the people are out there. Like, even if you get burnt a couple of times, like I've realized the right people are there. You just got to keep looking. Yeah. Cass, thank you so much for chatting with me. Oh my gosh. Loved it. Where can everyone go to find you? They can come to my Instagram, um, just Castella Design. Um, I, that's like the only social media platform I'm really on. Um, otherwise, my website, just Castella. And the links will be under this episode too. Yeah, Thank you, awesome. Cass. Oh, it's so lovely chatting to you, Em. <laughs> Could chat to you all day. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.